the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, founding editor of the Ohio Press Network, and I'm sitting in the captain's chair today and tomorrow for Bruce. Thank you, Bruce, for choosing me. Behind the glass, we have Jeff Murtall and Alan Rogers producing. Thank you, gentlemen. There, in your car, behind your screen, in your office, that's you. And I want to thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show yesterday with insightful and meaningful guests. Today, again, we have a full dance card. Aaron Baer, president of Center for Christian Virtue, will join us in just a minute. GOP strategist Bob Clegg will be here at 1135 to discuss the 24 election cycle. At 1150, Greg Lawson, research fellow at the Buckeye Institute, an independent research and educational institution will chat with us about the Ohio flat tax proposal. State Senator Andrew Brenner, uh, representing Ohio's 19th Senate District and chair of the Education Committee, will join us, as well as uh, U.S. Congressman Warren Davidson, Republican from Ohio's 8th Congressional District, will talk to us about the U.S. Senate race and uh, some cryptocurrency, the good, the bad, and the scary. Tomorrow, we'll be joined by Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose, GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, political commentator Terry Casey, and Ohio Republican Chairman Alex Triantafilu. Now, I want to jump right in and tee up our first guest. If you have followed our reporting at the Ohio Press Network, you know that we broke the story titled Bipartisanship or Betrayal back on January 3rd, chronicling the takeover of the speaker's gavel by Jason Stevens. Now, that was controversial because Derek Maron was selected by the Republican caucus on November 16th to sit in that speaker's chair. But between those two dates, Stevens lobbied and partnered with House Democrats to win the gavel. Now, one of the concerns from conservatives was that Stevens, in essence, sold his soul to rise to power. It was alleged by his Republican House colleagues and even Democrats that he would be favorable toward progressive positions on things like the backpack bill, spending for progressive causes, and the most concerning allegation, that he would have allowed Democrats and progressives a running start at getting an amendment filed with the AG and Ohio ballot board that would have loose enough language to allow abortion up to the ninth month and to permit kids to transition and be mutilated as minors without parental consent. People said that he would essentially stall House Joint Resolution 1, which was aimed at requiring a 60% vote to amend the Constitution, and that is what would allow the radical abortion and transgender amendment proposal to pass at a mere 50% instead of 60%. So let's pause there. I'd like to welcome to the show Aaron Baer, president of Center for Christian Virtue. Aaron, thanks for joining us today on The Bruce Woolley Show. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, Jack. Great catching up with you, man. Yeah, it's hard to believe that uh, we've been kind of running in similar circles for the past three years. It's so refreshing to finally uh, ha- hear your voice and have a chance to, to chat with you. Thanks for being with us. 
Um, I know you and CVV are closely monitoring what's going on with this 60% constitutional protection amendment. And to distinguish, there's, there's that. And then there's this proposed amendment that would allow abortion up to nine months and transgender, transgender transitioning without parental consent. And um, I just let's start there with the abortion amendment. Can you confirm yeah. that it would allow for abortion on demand and uh, gender mutilation of minors? And, and what do you think about it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jack, I think it's important when you're looking at this. And first and foremost, Jack, let me say thank you for, for all the work you've been doing. I mean, from COVID, even before that, but especially through COVID and now, there's a, a painful lack of journalists out there that ask the questions that you ask uh, and shine the light on the stuff you have. So I appreciate you, brother, for all you've been doing. Um, but but on the abortion initiative, you know, the, the language that is being proposed by Planned Parenthood, that they are actively out right now collecting signatures and need to collect 412,000 valid signatures by July 5th. Um, the language that they're pushing is purposely very broad. Uh, and uh, all, everybody that reads this can see how this is going to allow for abortion up until the point of birth without exception. Um, it's, you know, they, they use these, these broad legal phrases that it's, you know, you can't burden a, a person's right. You know, they don't. They won't say woman because that's you know that's too factual. They, they're afraid of the word woman. Uh, but you can't burden a person's right to their reproductive freedoms or fertility treatments and things like that. And when you use broad language like that, that wraps in all of this other sort of cultural nonsense they're pushing around transgenderism. Um, it, it abolishes parental consent before abortion uh, and these transgender surgeries. I mean, it's. It, it's incredibly broad and it's very purposeful what they've done. And, and they recognize if they get this thing passed, they get their entire political agenda jammed into our state constitution that we would basically be helpless to do anything about. Yeah, and I think that's why they are so um, quick to call the gender mutilation transgender affirming care, because they make it sound right. like as if it's something that these children need in order to you know be uh, safe and uh, to have peace of mind we had gary click on yesterday and he really debunked the myth that kids who don't transition uh, have a higher rate of suicide he said actually they're 19 uh, times more likely to commit suicide if they do transition because they, they are uh, really hardwired to kind of go back to be who they were created to be um so let me let me ask you this. I think you kind of hinted at it a little bit. They're out there talking and gathering signatures. What is the red herring, right? Is there a red herring argument they're using, or, or how are they pitching this? Are they saying, hey, we're just trying to codify Roe v. Wade? What should our listeners be aware of? Yeah, th- there's a lot of just misinterpretation. Just why they're pushing to do this. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, they, they use a lot of things like saying women are going to be punished or jailed or things like that uh, if the heartbeat bill is allowed to go into effect. And that's, that's simply not true. I, I think the, the biggest lie culturally is that abortion helps women, right? Let's, let's just call that out for, for the lie that it is first and foremost. Abortion has never helped anybody. It never helps the mother to wage war on her unborn child. Right. And we shouldn't be afraid to say something like that because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. when, when the, the brutal reality of abortion is it's the act of a mother taking the life of their child. Uh, and, and that in and of itself is harmful to everybody. Uh, and so, you know, this is the thing that Planned Parenthood has been profiting, a lie they've been profiting off of for, for generations now. Um, and even that, that baseline lie uh, is fundamental to their campaign. Mm-hmm. Well, I would real quick. I just want to highlight that I, you know, I had a conversation a few weeks back with somebody, and I said, "Why don't we ever talk about the real emotional 
and psychological impact that aborting a child has on the mom. And by the way, right. there's also the father. It takes it takes a man and a woman to create a child. And I, and I think that we uh, do a grave disservice to our world when we skip over that conversation. So I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, and actually, what, one other quick thing on that, Jack. One of the other big lies is that this is a, a abortion is something that helps the black community. We did an analysis a few years ago and found that over 10 years, Planned Parenthood had abor- the abortion industry in Ohio had aborted over 100,000 black lives in Ohio. Right? You you want to have more representation? You want to have a louder? You know, have the black community have a louder voice? Stop killing them. The last wow. abortion report showed that 49 percent of the babies aborted. Uh, in Ohio came from black mothers, while about 12 to 13 percent of the population is black. You know, we're not big uh, fans of the systematic racism lie, but if there is a systematic racism in America, it's Planned Parenthood systematically locating their clinics in black communities and killing black children. Well said, factual and well said. So let's talk about this 60 percent effort that's designed to uh, protect our Constitution, because the amendment that we just talked about uh, can pass at 50 percent. And millions and millions of dollars will find its way into the state of Ohio and try to influence people in, uh, you know, at the poll to vote for it. But there's this 60 percent effort that's designed to require approval at 60 percent in order to amend the Constitution. Where is that in the state house? We've got about uh, a minute and a half here. I, w- I want you to weigh in on that. Yeah. So real quickly, uh, it just passed out of the Senate version of the bill just passed out literally minutes ago. Uh, the House bill is being heard as we speak right now, House Joint Resolution 1. Um, and, and so both of these are, are, are in position to pass if leadership goes. Matt Huffman in the Senate is committed to passing. It, it might even pass out of the Senate today. Jason Stevens is not clear about what he's going to do. He's telling some people he supports it. He's telling others we're not sure. The, the bottom line is, uh, this is everything for the conservative cause in America, because if we don't get this done, the ACLU had an editorial in the Columbus Dispatch uh, earlier this week where they basically said their entire agenda, uh, their entire plan is to run, run their progressive agenda into the state constitution. And they can do it because they have unbelievable amounts of money uh, to spend in these campaigns, whether it's abortion or minimum wage or being able to ref- like take, undo all the election integrity measures that we've passed recently. They're, they're going to put every, their entire agenda into the state constitution because they can't win at the state house. You bet they are. And I, if I, if the tweets are still accurate, I know that Matt Huffman is a proponent of even a special election in August to require 60 percent uh, approval to amend the constitution. And Jason Stevens said, "Well, not so fast." And Huffman kind of countered and said, "Well, <laughs> you know, I, I think we could spend the money in the time if we save twenty to thousand, twenty to thirty thousand human lives." So. That being the impetus here for the final question, we got about 10 seconds. What can our listeners and voters do in this hour? Call your state house member. You can go to ctv.org slash action and go to our action alert and do that. Or call Jason Stevens' office. This ultimately is up to Jason Stevens. The speaker has incredible power. If he wants to do this, it gets done. If he doesn't, it's on him that it didn't get done. Aaron Bear, President, Center for Christian Virtue. Thank you for joining us on 98.9 FM, The Answer. Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor filling in for Bruce today. Coming up at 1135, GOP strategist Bob Clegg will join us to discuss the 24 U.S. Senate race and battle for the White House. But first, whistleblowers are sounding alarm bells on Cincinnati Children's Hospital and their extensive diversity, equity, and inclusion 
programming. You're hearing it here first. Uh, this is a sneak peek at a feature coming up in the Ohio Press Network later this week. Established in 1883, Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center, CCHMC for short, is listed as the top children's hospital in both Ohio and the Midwest and the third best children's hospital in the nation by U.S. News and World Report. Now, it also holds top spots nationwide for pediatric cancer treatment, pediatric diabetes, endocrinology, pediatric gastroenterology, gastrointestinal surgery, and more. But all of those accolades and accomplishments are being overshadowed, say Ohioans, by the hospital's recent deep dive into political and ideological arenas. Last month, the Ohio Press Network reported the hospital's transgender health clinic is funded largely by Cincinnati-based sex toy company. Uh, Now, whistleblowers have alerted a national medical watchdog group called Do No Harm to the pediatric hospital's burgeoning commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, or as I like to call it, diversity, inclusion, and equity, D-I-E for short, uh, which seems to be in some ways to be eclipsing the hospital's once admirable medical goals. Today, Ohio parents with sick children seeking top-notch medical care are beginning to wonder how the hospital's growing commitment to DIE affects legitimate medical patient care. And perhaps more importantly, they're wondering whether Cincinnati Children's DIE programming crosses the line, moving well beyond traditional diversity programming respecting all people, for example, to instead encouraging and normalizing deviant and inappropriately precocious, by the way, sexual behavior among young, innocent, and impressionable children who are fully reliant on the hospital for life-saving medical interventions. A nonprofit teaching hospital affiliated with the University of Cincinnati, Cincinnati Children's sits in the top three in the nation for receiving National Institutes of Health grants and funding for pediatrics. It had total operating revenues of roughly $2.9 million in 2021 through 2022, and it logged 31,407 inpatient admissions and more than 1.4 million outpatient visits in that same time frame. But of the hospital's 17,147 employees, just 2,536 about 15% are residents, clinical or research fellows, or active medical staff. Among the remaining 85% employees is a small but growing team of about six people, seven if you count the hospital's chief human resources officer, who is also its chief diversity officer, and they're dedicated to diversity, inclusion, and equity. Uh, This small team has already affected the organization in countless ways ways do no harm has reported and investigated and uncovered now on its website cincinnati children's hospital notes that quote our five-year strategic plan embeds die in every part of our work end quote the site also links to the hospital's inaugural 28 page die annual report that's right 28 page die annual report that was published in 2022 it includes a timeline highlighting key DIE milestones. For instance, in 2020, CCHMC hired its first vice president of diversity, 
and employees, quote, publicly took a knee in a stand against racism and in remembrance of George Floyd. The hospital declared racism a public health crisis, and employees were given the option of wearing, quote, diversity stickers on their name badges, featuring the pride, transgender flags, and messages like supporting black lives. In 2021, the timeline shows CCHMC launched its Better Together training initiative, which focused on confronting unconscious biases and promoting inclusion. The pediatric hospital also hosted five sessions on unraveling systemic racism in healthcare and opened the Michael Fisher Center for Child Health Equity. In November of that same year, the hospital CEO signed and publicly released a statement committing not to outstanding medical care, but to ending child health disparities, advancing diversity, inclusion, and equity, standing against racism, creating an environment free of discrimination, and taking personal and institutional responsibility. The same letter also lists the phone number for the hospital's dedicated, quote, integrity hotline and helpline where employees and patients can report other employees for DIE infractions. Uh, In 2022, CCHMC adopted use of pronouns and preferred names, created a 26-person diversity council, and hired a consulting firm to review our workforce policies to identify and address any systemic barriers to equity and inclusion for our employees. The DIE annual report also notes that 18 social workers recently helped us create an online DIE dictionary offering definitions and points of clarification for language often used in relation to diversity and inclusion. The language language is about as subjective as some sort of Orwellian doublespeak that portrays currently trendy opinions as established fact. For example, gender refers to the socially constructed characteristics behaviors and roles associated with being masculine or feminine and gender identity is a person's innate sense of their own gender. It also makes this medical center, which bills itself as one of the premier children's health facilities in the nation, look medically and scientifically incompetent. Unbelievable, isn't it? We'll cover more of this uh, in, in, we'll call it part two later on in the show. Uh, But in just a few minutes following the break, we'll have with us GOP strategist Bob Clegg. He'll be here to talk with us about that 24 race for the U.S. Senate. Some GOP candidates, of course, Sherrod Brown is at the top of the ticket uh, for the donkeys, the Democrats. And uh, I want him to weigh in on Trump, DeSantis, and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ohio's native son. So, Keep listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, 94.5 in Dayton, The Bruce Woolley Show, Jack Windsor. I'll be back after the break. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.